The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Atlantic Files, the number one podcast on the number one division in the NBA, brought to you by the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. As always, joined by your hosts, myself, Alex Fishbein, and we got Dennis Clawson. What's going on, Dennis? Hey. <laughs> Turned into the Fonz this time? Hey. Friday. <laughs> It's it's Friday night. Exactly. For a we special Friday night edition of the Atlantic Files. Exactly. Special weekend edition. Never done never never done before in the Atlantic Files history, I don't think. I don't think I've ever done a Friday episode. Well, nothing says party like us, so Exactly. Why not start the weekend with us and then Drink every time you talk. Uh, you hear us talk about you know either food or how much Kyrie and KD suck or how much the Sixers suck. You know, or say drink fuck. every time. It, yeah, or any curse word. Drink for that to finish your whole drink. If we talk about how Kyrie is a snake salesman, snake oil salesman, <laughs> with, with the amount of cursing that goes on from you, especially. I'm going to say, <laughs> get ready to get shit-faced tonight. Take a oh, drink. Oh, yes. <laughs> but without further ado, let's get into things. So as people see with the title of our episode this week, we're talking about Jalen Brunson. We're talking about Brooklyn. We're talking about the Summer League. We're also talking about Phoenix, who matched DeAndre Ayton's offer sheet from the Indiana Pacers. Um, we got some Utah Jazz on the docket, Sixers are being investigated, all sorts of things. So, first things first, stuff that's actually been happening in the NBA right now is that the Summer League has been going on. I've been watching a good bit. I've actually, this is not an advert advertisement or anything, but shout out to youtube tv for letting me record pretty much every summer league game there is so i've been going back and re-watching some summer league games that i missed throughout this week that i've been on vacation wait what do you um, mean so like on youtube tv you can dvr based on like like either team or type of show or like channel so i just set it to record every summer league game I'm getting anxiety thinking about it. That sounds way <laughs> too complicated. Well, all you do is you go to the game, right? And then it says, do you want to record all of this team's game, this team's game, or just all Summer League games in general? Let's do all Summer League. <laughs> exactly. So I did all Summer League games. So I have no. like 45 recordings left to watch. <laughs> You'll get there by next Summer exactly. League. Exactly. Dude, Summer League is fucking awesome. I never realized how much I just love it. Like, it feels like the Olympics, kind of. Oh, yeah. I love... So the best part of Summer League is that there's... I mean, from a from a fan standpoint, there's no pressure. From a player's standpoint, there's a shit ton of pressure because this could be your one chance to, like, show teams what you have and to actually get on the team. But from a fan standpoint, you don't care if they win. You don't care if they lose. You just want to see your draft picks show a little bit of promise. And you're like, fuck yeah, I'm ready to go. Yeah, but <laughs> it's like, I, I, I don't know. There's uh, there's guys who play well in the summer league. And you're like, there he is. It's going to be the next shit hot guy. And then <laughs> they don't do anything. No, that's very true. Um, I mean, one of those guys, uh, he came in. What game was I? I think it was the, it was either the Wizards one or the Portland one. It was Troy Brown Jr. And they even said they're like, this is the fourth team he's been on, the third summer league that he's been in, and all this kind of stuff. And it's like, I mean, he did actually play some NBA games. It's not like he's only been playing summer league, but I, I kind of feel gotta, bad for the guy. I got to put a kibosh on that though, because I think Troy Brown, so far as if if you can correct me, he's played for the Wizards. Mm -hmm. He's played for the Bulls. Mm -hmm. 
He's also played for... I think as of right now, he's on Portland. All right, so then he had one more before there, which don't yeah. tell me because it's good. Just give me like 10 seconds. I'm looking it up just so I know. All right, just ah. just go ahead. Well, it's a trick question. He's only actually played games, like actual NBA games for Washington and Chicago. Okay. But I saw him. I thought I saw him for the Portland Summer League team. But Maybe you want to know wrong? something? Like, I, I he probably could be. He's young. But the but the thing is, like, he's a he's a quality player. He he got especially in his Washington days. He got some starts. You know, when True. the team was falling apart. That particular. I mean, when aren't they falling apart? But you know, <laughs> he's a he's a good like bench depth piece for any team that gets him and if he's in portland so that's a good pickup for the i think he should make the team no problem oh i agree i mean to be honest portland has made some pretty good moves to like kind of revamp the team real quick around damian lillard not to say they're they're not like any kind of contending team right now or anything but i mean you know having simon's josh hart Jeremy Grant, Nurkic is still there. Uh, they have some people Drew around Eubanks. Bing that are good. Eubanks. Drew Eubanks, the guy who saved my ass in, in fantasy basketball last season. <laughs> exactly. Um, they also drafted Shaden Sharp. I mean, Sharp could be turn out to be somebody pretty good. Keon Johnson, yeah, Johnson. Brandon Williams. The C, yeah. That's funny they said Keon Johnson at the same time. Who looks shit hot in summer league, but he's a exactly one. he's going to average three point two points per game this season, <laughs> probably. And then oh, I even forgot about Nasir Little and uh, Trendon Watford. Oh, and they got uh, Gary Payton. There's a reason you forgot about Little. I mean, true, he was supposed to be a lot better than what he is, but <laughs> he can't stay on a team. But Gary Payton was huge. Yeah, no, that was a big signing for them. So they should be a playoff team as long as uh, Dame Dalla stays healthy. Exactly. I mean, it all it all starts and ends with Dame right now. Um, I mean, Simons is looking to be a really good number two alongside of him, kind of like how Dame and CJ used to be. But, um, yeah, they, they got a while to go to actually be a real contender. A uh, really long whiles to go. <laughs> Exactly. It ain't going to be anytime soon. Who's been your favorite player and favorite team to watch in Summer League so far? That's kind of... You're putting me on the spot now. I didn't know you were going to ask me that (laughs) question. I just figured I'd throw something out there. No, I, I, I just like the whole experience, but there's a lot of guys who have played really well, like... Booty, Moses Booty's been playing shit hot. Cam True. Thomas of Brooklyn's ready to to establish a role. Uh Justin Jackson, you know yep. what I mean? Like like that shit's great too. And oh hey. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Justin Jackson. Uh, Trey Murphy from the Pelicans been been played really well throughout the summer league. And then of course you have the the Banchero and the uh, home grade, like all these, all those star rookies. But I'm like, okay, like it's cool to see those guys and stuff. But I want to see like the Keon Johnsons, like we were talking about. I want to see Cam Cam Thomas. I want to see like David Duke and all these other like guys who like got some run last year, but weren't yep. a stable presence in like a rotation. I wanted to mm-hmm. see the. I like seeing those guys, because we're going to see oh, plenty yeah. of Chet Holmgren. We're going to see plenty of uh, Banchero. We're going to see, uh, you know, Keegan Murray. We're going to see plenty of him. Dalen Te- yep. Dalen Terry. Uh, yeah, I've just been surprised with him. His turnovers have been fucking horrible. He had a, he had a game the other night. He finally he only had three, but there was a, a game before that he had seven, and then a previous game before that he had six. I'm like, bro, you ain't going to fucking start. You keep doing 
or even get any minutes. He's probably not going to start, but he's not going to get anything if he's doing shit like that. Exactly. Speaking of like surprising, I mean, I was always big on um, on Jabari, and honestly, he hasn't been that impressive. Like his shot looks good and everything, the mechanics are good and all that, but like when I watch Houston, I'm not like I'm not like oh yeah, that guy was a a top three pick. I mean, right now, from the NBA website. It looks like he's putting up, what is that, 15 points um, per game on, like, he's played four games so far. He's shooting 40% from the floor and only 26% from three. And that's, like, supposed to be his main calling card is his three-point shooting. Honestly, I think right now the way things are looking out, I think your rookies of the year, mm-hmm. you're, you got Banchero's going to be in the mix. Mm-hmm. Chet's obviously going to Chet's going to start right away, and not only is oh, he yeah. going to start, he's going to be the. He's probably going to be the the leading. Well, no, the second be, between uh, or after uh, Gilgis Alexander. But considering Gilgis Alexander can't stay healthy to save his fucking life, there's a chance Chet could even surpass him. Um, True, Giddy's there. You know they got the the thin towers, but Chet's going to yeah. be in the conversation. Banchero's going to be in a conversation. And also, uh, Keegan Murray's been playing really. His shooting has been kind of shit, but he's a guy who could start right away in Sacramento. Oh, yeah. And he's a guy who can be a, a media contributor and enter the rookie of the year conversation. Agreed. I mean, I could see Ivy up there in the, the rookie of the year conversation as long as, you know, he doesn't have like the. Um, John Morant syndrome where he just like goes too hard too fast and gets hurt all the time <laughs> yeah the um, problem with the Ivy thing though is he's going to Detroit All right, there are guys in Detroit who can score besides him if you throw like if you put Chet in OKC right you have Gilgis mm-hmm. Alexander could score but a guy like Giddy is capable of like being a distributor um, and outside of like Really, that's all you're going to get. So he could be like the main focal point. I don't see Ivy doing that in Detroit. Trichero is in Orlando. So, (laughs) I mean, there's nobody who could fucking score on that team. And Murray, just because I think he can start. And I think when you're surrounded by like those quality players like a Fox or Sabonis and and, uh, Davion Mitchell and things like that, like, Things are going to open up. So he's going to be in the rookie of the year conversation. True. Um, very true. I mean, I could also see uh, like Benedict Mathurin. I mean, on, off of only his 22 minutes a game, he's been putting up in his three games, 19 points. Um, nine, wow, they make this really hard to read. 19 points, four rebounds, assist, one assist a game, not even averaging a turnover, 1.3 steals. And he's out of patience, though. True, but, like, that's the thing. The Pacers now are just a bunch of young guys. Like, especially because right. they're definitely going to be trading uh, Miles Turner. I mean, that's inevitable. I don't, I don't know. You see, like, after, after – I mean, you knew they were going to match – or you knew they were going to make that offer for um, Aiton. Right. But but then it was like, it wasn't surprising, but it was surprising at the same time that Phoenix decided to match the offer sheet. So, I don't know. I mean, they might be stuck with Miles Turner for another season, especially, like, they have Goga Batadze, who's a True. pretty fucking good player like he's a good defensive player especially and good on the glass and things like that kind of big was in and out of the lineup toward the end of last season with a foot issue so his durability might be cause for alarm but then again miles turner hasn't exactly been the healthiest guy in the planet either throughout his career so not at all he's had foot issues or like knee issues all the time and then they they they, they have uh, jalen smith um, oh, yeah, in the front court. So, I mean, they have options. It's not going to be like a consistent. I think they're going to have a lot of starting lineups next year. Oh, yeah. 
you know, and it's just, it's going to be a rebuilding mode going forward. And then there's talk about them moving Buddy Heald, um, which could happen now that, you know, and I'm not segueing yet, but, uh, which could happen now that Aiton is staying in Phoenix, which in turn is probably going to cause Durant and KD to stay in Brooklyn, which in turn is going to have the, the Lakers look for another option, and Buddy Heald is, is on the radar. So, yep. No, that's very true. Um, I just figured, like, with, with the Pacers, especially since they didn't get DeAndre Ayton, that they probably weren't going to be, you know, forcing any kind of uh, playoff run or playoff push or anything like that. Um, and honestly, I mean, they got they got the one of the best returns they could for Sabonis getting – um Halliburton back I mean he's been great especially after the trade and everything he's been amazing for them so far and on top of that there's like you know um there's no injury issues or injury bug with him compared to Malcolm Brogdon and they got they shipped Brogdon out of there I mean they didn't get much in return for him but like as much as you as much yeah, as you can you, get from you, Brogdon. You, you had to get uh, you had to get Brogdon out of there. His his durability is always an issue too. Um, Sabonis is just a quality All Star caliber player though. So they did get Halliburton. Halliburton's uh, capable offensive presence. He's going to be leading that team. Looks like for the foreseeable future, he's going to get nothing but better. He's going to be in the All Star conversation for sure. Um, now it's gonna it's gonna be interesting to see what Indiana does, and they're not a playoff team right now, though. But then again, what the fuck do we know? They could be a playoff team. They might be this year's. Uh, uh, I don't know. I can't think of a comparison, but they. I mean, they, I guess a play-in it could could happen. You know, especially if they. If uh, Buddy Heald stays and he starts playing up to, because when Buddy he, Buddy Heald's not a bad player, when he was in no. New Orleans he was a good player. When he was in Sacramento he was okay. Like he's been a good player. Where he's he's never been like great, but he's never been horrible. True, I mean that's very true. I mean you even have like Duarte is is pretty good. Um, they don't have TJ Warren anymore, but they got. I mean, they have a couple like. They have another TJ. Your man, right? They do. Your man's my boy TJ. I tried. I tried bidding on him in our in our auction draft, and I was like, "All right, no one's really gonna put that much money down to get TJ." So I was like, "I'll put like three, four bucks down." He's up to like seven, eight bucks. I'm like, for TJ. Yeah, I don't have a lot of money left to spend, so I'm just going to – I purposely didn't bid on anything today because I'm like – I'm waiting for everybody else to spend their money, and then I'm hoping to just fill out the rest of the, the roster moving ahead. Yeah. No, I completely agree. We'll, we'll definitely talk about our draft here in a little bit later but because this thing is crazy. Um, it's fucking nuts. It is. I, I've, I've never done a draft like this or a league like this, and honestly, I'm – like excited to keep going and actually have everything start because this is, it's just going to be fun. Um, but as, as far as summer league goes, I'm not surprised that guys like Bancaro and Chet and all them are getting shut down because they, they, they've proven that they can really play and they're going to have a starting spot. They're going to get plenty of minutes and everything. So don't get them hurt in summer league. I mean, we saw Ivy land on a guy's foot and his ankle turned weird and was limping off the court. So you definitely don't want that to happen in essentially something meaningless when you already know they're going to be on the team. Um, uh, Liddell tore his ACL. Yep. Not that yep. that's a huge, but I mean, still it, it, things can happen. It, exactly. And it's sad to see, especially for these young guys battling for a roster spot to get hurt like that. Um, and meanwhile, you have some other guys, not exactly rookies, but other like second-year guys playing pretty well. Um, Miles McBride is one for the Knicks that I thought looked pretty good. But obviously he has some more room for improvement because they a lot of people were expecting a little bit more out of him. Because it's um, the Knicks. Exactly. 
Uh, Josh Christopher looked decent for Houston. The shooting percentages were not great, especially from three, but the rest of it, not terrible. Um, I also liked um, David Duke Jr. He looked pretty good. Um, Who else? Chris Duarte played pretty well in his one game that he played. Mac McClung actually had some really good minutes in the games that he played as well. Um, and Delano Banton for the Raptors. He's a guy that I've always, I have always said that I think he's gonna crack a rotation and he's gonna be a good role player. He's looked decent. It's summer league. It's summer league. I'm just saying. Sorry, honey. He ain't cracking no rotation. He's got a great build to be a NBA point guard, too. We'll see. He's buried. He's so buried on that on that depth chart. It's not even funny. True. I mean, you still have to get through Malachi Flynn, let alone uh, Fred Van Vliet and <laughs> and, and Svi Mihailuk. Exactly. Svi. Yeah, but don't worry. Fred Van Vliet will uh, be injured three games into the season, so. And I love him too, but I mean, he's, his his durability is kind of questionable as well. No, that's true. That's also true. But um, so I mean, the one one thing for the Knicks though, Quentin Grimes has looked pretty good. I mean, Quentin Grimes has at least looked like what they were hoping him to look like. But it is crazy that he's been jacking up eleven threes a game. <laughs> Well, I mean, we'll he's see. just pure green light. We'll see how it all uh, turns out here in New York. They finally got their uh, wish, but, uh, you know, it's summer league. He's still kind of buried on the death chart, too. But the the Knicks, sure. you know, they, 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 have a, they have a capable roster. Tommy, Tommy T is going to run them into the ground. So, you know, expect, <laughs> expect Robinson and Randall and Barrett and Brunson and Fournier to get plenty of minutes, and then you know, a guy like uh, Obi Toppin probably might break into the the rotation somewhere. Hartenstein might get some action, and then McBride and quickly. But you're probably not going to see any other guys really outside of them um, for the for the Knicks. Yeah, I mean, there's a few teams that I've been watching that I'm just like. Some of these guys look like they can give you some quality minutes, but just because of the team that they're with, they probably won't be won't get the chance. I mean, you have guys just as an example, like the Sixers with Isaiah Joe. He probably would get a pretty good chunk of minutes on like half the other teams in the league. I can't but Doc Rivers I, will never play him. I can't believe we I, like none of us brought him up because when he was him and Bassey and. Um, Paul Reed. Fucking B-ball. Like, they, yep. like, those guys are playing really good in Summer League, and Doc better gives those, them some serious consideration when it comes to making them permanent fixtures in his rotation. I completely agree. Those guys, those guys were capable last season. They weren't, like, dominant, but, I mean, like you said to me when we were talking on the phone, because we, we do talk off off the, the show, <laughs> believe it or not, but... <laughs> Like you're you're sitting here, you got DeAndre Jordan, who I mean, he was a great player back in the day. Now he's just he's old and past his prime, and you know Paul Millsap, same situation for him. Why not give these guys some experience? You know, especially exactly. especially if you're in the playoffs, like give them floor time, give them experience. They need that oh, kind yeah. of thing. And especially like one of the things the Sixers are always looking for is a backup big man to Joel Embiid. Well, you have two guys, young, that you can keep around for cheap for the foreseeable future that Embiid has left in his prime and groom them to become his backup, like just as good as any other backup that they've ever had. So, When when Embiid went down in the postseason, while it's good for any team to still believe that they have a chance to pull it off, there's a there should be a reality point where you say, we ain't going to fucking win. So right. at that point in time, you're like, okay, well, DeAndre, I love you. You know, you're, you know, thank you for your services. I loved you in, in, in Los Angeles. And this is, you know, Doc speaking. You were my boy in, in LA, but 
you know, just you got to sit the bench and we're going to put these young guys in so that we prep them for the future moving ahead because that's really what's going to matter. Exactly. Because as much as Joel Embiid, too, has improved in terms of his his, uh, ability to remain on the floor, Mm -hmm. he's always, you know... don't don't tell me that whenever you see him take a fall or take a shot that you don't get a little nervous about it that this is going to turn into something. Oh, every single time, every single time right. he gets the the floor, I I like my heart skips a beat because I'm like, right. well, there goes the season. Yep, it's <laughs> over. <laughs> every single time, the, ever since the the first season he actually played after missing his first two seasons. Anytime any awkward landing or anything, I'm just like, there goes the season. Yeah. <laughs> it's just inevitable. And that's the thing is like, that's why during the regular season, get him a backup big man that can play a little bit more minutes so that we don't have to run him that much and get him into more fa- uh, injury issues. Right. Like, let him take his rests. Give him some some off nights or whatever it may be during the regular season because as long as you're winning enough and getting into that top six and don't have to go through a playing tournament game, then you're fine. Yeah, who gives a fuck? Because seeding doesn't really even matter anymore at this point. All these no. teams, all these teams are so like good that a lot of teams are in the places they are in terms of their playoff seeding because they rest guys consistently which forces them to lose more games. And, you know, some oh, there's a lot of strategy now in terms of who you're matching up against. So there's, you know, oh, maybe we'll lose a couple more games so that we're matched up against, uh, you know, Memphis in the first round. You know what I mean? That type of shit goes on. So right, get them on the floor. Exactly. And honestly, the, the last postseason, home court advantage didn't even mean much because a lot of people were winning the away games and losing their home games. There were teams that played better on the road than they did at home. Exactly. The Sixers were one of them. <laughs> right. There was a bunch of teams like that. So, yeah, yeah home, court, home court's not even really like a thing anymore. At right. least it hasn't been this season. So we'll see what happens uh, moving ahead. But Get these guys some minutes. COVID's still here. COVID's not done. There's another variant, I guess, coming around. So, I mean. Probably always going to be a new variant every, like, four months. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's not going anywhere. So, you're going to land, you know, there's health and safety protocols are still going to be a thing. You know, oh, yeah. So, you just got to deal with it. Yep. Exactly. So, we were talking about the Sixers here. So, let's segue into that real quick here. The Sixers are apparently going to be investigated for tampering with the whole P.J. Tucker signing. Um, for those who don't recall, it was always rumored for him to come to the Sixers once like the offseason pretty much started. The moment free agency started, it was announced pretty soon after that he was going to Philly with his three-year, $33 million contract. And now that's being investigated. And then on ESPN, Bobby Marks, former Nets GM, actually, um, he suggested that the Sixers should be investigated due to the contract that James Harden agreed to sign to because he thinks that just, you know, James Harden couldn't possibly take a discount on his contract. So... I don't know. What do you think? Is there any weight to this? Do you think there's actually going to be anything to come out of it? Well, for all the players to investigate potential tampering, you're going to target PJ Tucker as the guy to <laughs> to form an investigation around. And I'm not like we, you and I were talking about PJ Tucker last time, and you and I were both singing his praises. And I'm high on PJ Tucker, even at 38 years young. I'm still thinking he's a He's a solid asset to building a championship team. He's proved it in the past. However, if you're going to, why are we fucking talking about Jalen Brunson? Like, why are we talking about P.J. Tucker? You know what I mean? Exactly. And and believe it or not, um, there was probably tampering going on. Actually, I'm not going to say, I'm just going to say probably, probably tampering going on. Before even James Harden even went to the Nets, once uh, once 
um, you know, it, it was like a foregone conclusion that like Harden was going to end up with his boy back in Philly. So, oh yeah, that that's more Maury. That's more of a tamper thing than PJ Tucker. I'm like, what PJ Tucker? Like, why 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 is this a thing? And, and believe it or not, like Harden realizes like the Philly fans don't really like him right now. <laughs> so what's the best way to kind of win him back? Okay, I already have a trillion dollars. He has plenty of right. money to spend at the strip club. So yep. he's going to take a pay cut to make his team better. Just because it's not logical or hasn't happened before doesn't mean that it's not capable of happening. I don't think there's any tampering there. No. And it was fucking so PJ Tucker. Exactly. <laughs> Tyler's coming with the fiery comment. That's straight bullshit, man. <laughs> Tyler. And he says the the league hates the Sixers. I mean, I could I could talk about this forever. And I've talked about this on here before, the whole thing that the league stepped in with Sam Hinkie and all that, but they don't step in with Oklahoma City, who's been literally throwing out garbage year after year after year. Now they finally have... You know, Gilgis Alexander, Giddy, and all these people, but the league never stepped in on them. So, yeah, this whole P.J. Tucker thing is, like, honestly, when the numbers came out for P.J. Tucker's contract, a lot of people were like, why the hell is Philly even paying in that much money? People weren't going to offer P.J. Tucker $11 million a year for three years when he's already 37 years old. 38, I think. 38, I, but honestly, I, I can name a million reasons why P.J. Tucker should be worth $11 million a season. Oh, he should be. I agree. But there's not a lot of people that wanted to give him three years, let the alone Sixers, you know, the Sixers. Sorry, honey, I'm getting amped up now. The, the Sixers will realize, hey, we're in a position to where we can contend. Yeah. All right, we have James Harden, who is possible, like could possibly be on his way back to uh, getting his shit together. Apparently, you know he's committed to his conditioning in the off season. Um, he's probably realizing that he didn't play so well. So a guy like that is an MVP, and he's he's not just one of those like you know fly by Mary MVP kind of guy. Is that even a fucking term? Where did I get that from? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but he's he's one of the best offensive players that the league has ever seen. So he, he hears shit, you know, so he, he knows right. that we're going to try to get back on track here. Joel Embiid is, is seething for a championship. And the and the yep. Sixers, they, I mean, they, they, the front office, they realize is like, we have a content, we have a team that could contend. Right. So let's spend the money on, on a guy like P.J. Tucker who can add a bunch of value in more ways than just his offensive prowess. Exactly. And, and defensive they, acumen. Exactly. And they saw from the postseason that they got punked because they didn't have an enforcer, they didn't have enough defenders, and they didn't have enough two-way guys. So why not get someone who has all three of those things in P.J. Tucker and then on top of that, go out and get another guy like Daniel House and get another guy like DeAnthony Melton. Like, they're doing exactly what they needed to be doing to address the needs they had. But now it's like, oh, there's got to be tampering. There's no way they got P.J. Tucker. But it's like, like, the NBA is definitely, especially these days, is definitely a friendship league. Like, these guys make friends with people. They they tell them to come play with them, and then they go. They find a way to get to that team. They're like James Harden and PJ Tucker are still friends. They've been friends the whole time ever since they played it together in Houston. And then Daryl Morey obviously has loved James Harden, and then in turn probably also friends with PJ Tucker. So like, and even Joel Embiid in the post-game press conference and in his exit interview specifically said that the Sixers need more guys like P.J. Tucker. So and, like, and remember too that he was on the P.J. Tucker was on the Rockets. So, Right. Exactly. So, so it, it, 
I feel like it should have been a foregone conclusion in general. So I don't see like the tampering. And we what we will get into is is one that should be a little more pressing is the fact that the Knicks might also be investigated for tampering with the Jalen Brunson signing. That is something that's a little more serious than PJ Tucker. So here here's what I'm gonna say about PJ Tucker before we move on. Okay, I'm gonna name a shit ton of reasons. Right. He could get hot offensively. His defense is great. He brings attitude. He brings leadership. He's got a great corner three. He's an enforcer. He's been on championship teams. He's played with some of the greatest players in the league. There's like eight that I just named right there why he's worth $11 million a year. Mm-hmm. So I, I told you, I love that signing. I still, oh, he's durable as fuck. Like, he doesn't True. get hurt. He does get hurt, but he plays through injuries. Like, Absolutely. Completely agreed. But so now that it comes to the Knicks with Jalen Brunson, we even talked about it before free agency happened, but how they signed his dad as an assistant coach and everything like, I mean, that alone to me sounds more like tampering than anything the Sixers did with, with BJ Tucker. Cause now you got the guy's father who's probably also in his ear. Like, Hey, I'm in New York. You are a free agent. This is the money they're going to offer you. <laughs> like, that's just a direct line. So, and I, and I, something happened, I believe, and I don't quote me on this because I'm not making accusations that, and I'll, I'll explain to you off the air why I'm not, because <laughs> Big Sexy I got, you. got a, uh, a cease and desist about <laughs> somebody that I forgot to tell you about, so... Oh, God. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll tell you. So I'm not making any accusations, but he does have, apparently, has a reputation, and I'm talking about Jalen's father, and I'm not saying that I know this 100% for a fact, and I'm not alluding and I'm not misleading to anything. But if it is true, what I'm thinking that people have said about him, to bring that kind of guy to your team when – you know, that's 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 like it's like okay, we don't care what anybody did. We want him on the team because we want Jalen Brunson so bad that we're willing to do anything no matter what the backlash is and all that type of stuff. So Right. But but at this point in the, the NBA, like who cares? Like everybody's tampering. Like you said, they're all buddies. You don't that's think what All Star Weekend is. In the Olympics, you don't think when those fucking assholes were down on the banana boat uh d wade chris paul like you don't think those guys weren't talking about playing playing together exactly you know you don't don't see the league popping the banana boat and telling them to knock it off exactly like it it's it's ridiculous but if there's Um, any time i wanted jaws to come in and eat a banana boat it would have been then (laughs) and tyler says they also overpaid for him majorly for brunson well, I mean, when you're the Knicks, you can barely get anybody. That's a uh, yeah. Nobody wants the Knicks to are always going to overpay. That's just the Knicks. <laughs> Which it's crazy that the Knicks have to do all this just to get like a middle budding star type of player when they have one of the most like historic stadiums. They're in one of the biggest cities. They're in one of the biggest markets. All this kind of stuff, but still nobody really cares to go play for them. Yeah, Jimmy D. <laughs> oh, I know exactly whose fault it is. <laughs> so, But it's just like, you have to be especially bad to fuck all of that up, and that's Jimmy D. Jimmy D and his <laughs> stupid band. Jimmy D and the straight shots. That's right. <laughs> if you want to hear crappy music, you want an owner who cares about a shitty band more than his billion, multi-billion dollar NBA franchise, one of the most well-known sports organizations on the planet, this is your guy. Exactly. And one who kicks out former players of the team from the stadium. For talking bad about, for, for actually, you know, stepping up and saying how bad the team sucks. Exactly. And not only kicked him out. <laughs> Had him physically escorted out of the building. A guy who was instrumental in helping your team be successful in the 90s. 
Exactly. And nah, gave him yeah, a lifetime ban. Yeah, but fuck you. Get out of here. You know what I mean? Get out of here. You can't talk about me like that. Ridiculous. Honestly, if they had any the- other owner, any other, even like the king's owner, they'd probably be better. Well, the king's got Sabonis. The king's got Deer and Fox. I mean, exactly. you, didn't, you didn't see those guys saying, I don't want to go to... And Sacramento's widely considered one of the shittiest run franchises on the planet. And you then and, and those guys are probably, thank God I'm not going to the Knicks. Exactly. <laughs> um, and Tyler asks, will the Knicks ever recover from the disastrous runs of disappointment? No. Only if they finally, like, draft as well as they could. That that's literally the only way. But honestly, during this draft, they were so much movement from the Knicks that I don't even know what the fuck they were doing. Oh, they were literally just clearing up room to offer all that money to Brunson. That's it. That was it. That's all they were doing. Yeah, that was their whole game plan. I would have loved it if that didn't work out. Oh, that would have been hilarious but if they got tell- rid of all those people and he stayed with Dallas. But you're telling me there's no tampering when these guys are literally unloading every possible piece they can get to clear cap space, and you you know you know there's no tampering there. They knew they they knew what the fuck was going on. And there was that article that Mark Cuban said he never even got a meeting with Brunson after it was reported that the Knicks offered him that contract. Right. So like. Which I don't, I don't understand the logic behind Brunson wanting to go to the Knicks. I mean, yeah, you want it, but you, you would, he would have got more money by staying in Dallas. Mark Cuban and, would, and more playoff success. Uh, yeah, it's. I think it's. It might be. Uh, I mean, he'll get his production just because he's like one of the only capable offensive threats that's consistent <laughs> for the Knicks. Because you know, Julius Randle, he's definitely taking a step back backward. Mitchell Robinson ain't scoring. Nope. R.J. Barrett, pfft, you kidding me? He ain't doing shit. Fournier ain't doing nothing. You think you quickly and McBride are going to do anything? Jalen Brunson may be an all-star just by the simple fact that he's going to take 29 shots a half this season. Oh, yeah. So if I, I mean, do the Jaylen... math, that'd be 9, 8, 1. Is 58 shots a game? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so you're going to take 58 shots a game. And Jalen Brunson is going to have to be Luka Doncic for New York to have any kind of success. Well, that's, that's what he's going to Well, I mean, he's going to be in that Luka role, meaning he's going to get the ball plenty. Oh, yeah. He's going to get all the attempts and all the green lights and everything he could ever want. He'll, but he'll, it, he'll average over 20 easily. Oh, yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he averaged, like, 24 and, like, 6. I think he could even go over 24, to be honest with you. Colin Sexton averaged 24 in the year before last in Cleveland, and he there was plenty of other guys who could score. So Jalen Brunson literally is – he might be one of the highest averaging point-per-game point per leaders, you know, scorers in the league. I could see it. He's gonna be an all. He's, he's gonna be on the cusp of being an all star. Oh yeah, for sure, definitely. Um. So, that being said, let's go to the other team in New York real quick. So, as of right now, I don't want to spend a lot of time on this. By the way, oh, we don't. We don't have to. Thank you. But as of right now, and we will talk about this right after. Phoenix matched Aiton's offer sheet, so that means they cannot trade him. That was one of the big things that was going to be used in the trade to get KD to Phoenix. So now it's looking more likely that Kyrie and KD stay in Brooklyn. But there's also been rumors of like four-team deals and multi-team deals that gets KD to Miami. And like the Sixers are involved and... A bunch of other teams are involved and all this kind of stuff. And then, of course, there's the whole Kyrie to the Lakers. But if KD doesn't go, I highly doubt they do a deal to bring Russell Westbrook in because I don't think KD's like, you know what? Let's run it back with Russell Westbrook. Even well, though he, he probably should, should over yeah. Kyrie. <laughs> he but should. 
But I, I don't think he's in the ownership's ear saying that. So I don't know. What do you think? Do you think that it, it, it is just going to be a run it back type of year because it's every it's kind of just like, well, we can't do anything now. Or is it just going to have to wait to see if they could make like this huge deal? And as you talk, I'm going to turn this light on real quick. <laughs> you go ahead. Well, folks, the Nets are a fucking disaster <laughs> right now. So nobody wants to. No, and, and people start. They finally realize that Kyrie Irving. Like it's 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 nice that the, the that teams around the leagues have finally smartened up to realize that Kyrie Irving is a pile of hot garbage on a 103 <laughs> degree day in, in New York city. Like he's just completely the most talented guy in the world, but is the biggest pain in the ass possibly in the history of the NBA. There might not be a player that is more <laughs> needs to be coddled. And you want to know something? His buddy KD is right there with him. Uh, KD is very injury prone. Uh, is a very, very, dominant offensive presence one of the best players in the league but i don't think people want to deal with that type of shit right now so i mean bringing kd to to phoenix would obviously put them on the map to be a championship contending team however they're probably like this we already got chris paul so he's hurt more than fucking anybody and uh, why are we going to bring kd in because he's the wind blows sometimes, and, they, and he gets hurt. And honestly, like, I've been watching, like, some stuff with KD. He's got some issues, man, like, with just getting along with people. And I guess I never realized it or, or wanted to believe it, but he's not – he's just not somebody who's a as a leader in terms of, like, being a vocal presence. One thing at least I could give to LeBron, even though he's a dipshit too, is the fact that at least LeBron will um, – get in guys like face and be like, and, and guys listen to him. Like there's no doubt. True. Like KD literally just sits there, doesn't say anything to anybody and just acts like he's going to jump off a bridge at any moment. Like he, he literally looks depressed all the time. <laughs> he actually does. That's true. <laughs> so nobody literally wants to deal with that. Kyrie, especially too, in the, in, once the the Timberwolves got like four first rounders and a pick swap and all this other shit for Rudy Gobert, the price went up as it should have, okay. and and now everybody's like, I ain't fucking paying that, especially for a guy that's could literally break an arm here at any point in the season. Then we're fucked moving ahead. Plus he's thirty four years old. Right, and Kyrie's and only that... gonna play fifteen games anyways. So exactly, and that that's my thing too is with KD. I mean, first off, Minnesota, you guys are fucking idiots with how much you <laughs> offered to really to really get Rudy Gobert. Like all of that for Rudy Go- I I I could go off on that for days. Um but why Tyler do you care? it's Minnesota. Tyler also agreed. They did ruin the trade market with that trade. Um well, that's kind of why I hate it because now like as from a Sixers standpoint, if they try and trade Tobias Harris and stuff, like it, it the the value of that isn't going to be isn't going to return much when you had to trade that much to get Rudy Gobert. And then with KD, my other thing with that whole deal is with how much they want in return, these other playoff contending teams aren't going to want to make the deal because then sure you have KD, but then you just sapped the rest of your team and the rest of your future. So then you might not even be a championship contender for after making the deal. Like, sure, you'll have Chris Paul, KD, Devin Booker, but you'll you would have had say you know they do they did trade Aiton. You would have had to trade Aiton, Macau Bridges, probably like Cam Johnson, and then like five or six picks and pick swaps. So now, sure. who do you ha- you have Chris Paul who's going to get hurt? KD, who could get hurt, Devin Booker, who usually stays pretty healthy, and then Jay Crowder. And Biombo, that's supposed to be a championship team? Damn right it is. <laughs> Here's what I equate, though, to that, that trade for Ruby Gobert. All right. I 
the comparison should be remember how when COVID first started and everybody was frantic and what's the one thing everybody ran to at the grocery store oh toilet paper toilet paper right (laughs) so all of a sudden toilet paper became so valuable that people were literally willing to pay anything to get their hands on toilet paper did they really need that much toilet paper no but they paid it anyways so what did that do Okay, it made toilet paper like more valuable for some reason. Even though you don't really need toilet paper to live, you can just jump right. in the shower if you want to go. You know, if you want to go that approach, if you have a bidet, if you have uh, you know wipes of some sort, you can use that. You can use a fucking towel for like you can use literally anything to wipe your ass. So, right. but for some reason, toilet paper became valuable, so people were really looking to get that toilet paper. My point here is that, Rudy, that deal is toilet paper. All right, people are going to come back down to realization and they're going to say, okay, well, that that was a trade that was, maybe that was a little out of hand and we can't base trades off of that because then that deal's never going to get fucking done. Right. And I I think it'll just take the end of this offseason to then say, like, all right, yeah, that trade was dumb. Like, next offseason, it's not even going to... And I don't know why toilet paper was a thing. I don't either. Honestly, when you started making that comparison, I thought you were comparing Rudy Gobert to toilet paper because he's shit. But <laughs> well, there was there could there could have been double meanings hidden in there somewhere. <laughs> there you go. You know what so, I mean? You heard it here first. Rudy Gobert is the NBA version of single ply toilet paper. And I don't think. Do I think? I know you hate Rudy Gobert, but do I think Rudy Gobert's <laughs> shit? No. But do I think that deal was shit? Absolutely. Total shit. Actually, there's not enough toilet paper that's going to be able to wipe the collective asses of all the teams in the NBA because that trade was such shit. That trade was (laughs) so... That was like after eating uh, fucking 20 crunch wraps from Taco Bell and then just (laughs) shitting your brains out. And you need... That's the equivalent of how bad that deal was. Agreed. 1,000% 1,000% agreed. Um, and Tyler asked the question here, so if Katie and Kyrie actually do stay, would they not play at all next season? Is that a possibility? I think that's a possibility for Kyrie. I don't think KD would... I, maybe I'm giving him too much of the benefit of the doubt, but I don't think KD would just sit out the whole season with without like not being hurt or anything. Now, here's what will happen. They're not going to not play. Mm-hmm. But they could easily sprain a knee that's going to hold them out for three months. They could pull a James Harden and just play like shit too until they get traded. Right. Well, at least Harden was smart enough to be like, "Oh, my hamstring hurts." <laughs> that too. <laughs> you know, Kyrie knows what he's doing. He's a master of not playing. Oh yeah, for sure. Definitely. Like, like as as good as he is talent wise, like as a player, he's even better at not playing than he is playing. Oh, he is great at coming up with excuses to not play. Amazing! What, so we had we had the vaccine. Yep. His sister died or something, or he went to his sister's birthday or some shit like that. I think it was uh, the birthday because if his sister died, I, that's a plausible excuse. No, I think he said. <laughs> well, I'm saying I think he like alluded his sister died, or but I'm on crack. Obviously, it's he went to his sister's party. Um, I think he's used depression before. Um, I think so, yeah. He needed... Oh, what was the one? He needed like a sabbatical or like a mental break or something like that. And that was while he was at Brooklyn. He said he's got he's to yeah. leave for like personal... Like, so if anybody knows how to not play, it's him. Right. He's the best. There's, that, he, there's never been a player who's better at not playing than Kyrie Irving. Right. Oh, when the Black Lives Matter movement first started up, that's when he was like, <laughs> oh, oh, like, I can't play. I'm too, like, involved in everything. Right, right. Yep, you're 110% correct. <laughs> so he and he's a master, too, of using current events to actually to, to use that to his advantage. Like, he actually gives a shit. Right. Because, I mean, the rest of the NBA was still doing Black Lives Matter things, but just right before the games or during the games or at halftime right. of games. Like they were still playing, but also still for the cause. 
Right. So I mean, the, the entire Bucks team took the the night off. They, they but at least the whole team did it. Like as right. a collective group, like that right. I could understand. But but Kyrie was like too distraught, can't do it. You know exactly. Like <laughs> you know, for some reason he can relate to every black person in America, counting his millions of of dollars. But you know, for some reason he, you know, I digress. Yeah. But anyway, before we get <laughs> before we get too deep into all that, let's we didn't want to stay on this topic for long either. Um, it's your fault. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So going back to why they could be staying in Brooklyn, Phoenix matched Aiton's offer sheet from the Pacers. So where does Phoenix go from here now? I mean, do they try and make another deal for somebody else to, like, get some more bench people in there? Do they, you know, look for another star to maybe replace Chris Paul? Because how much does Chris Paul actually have left? Like, I'm honestly kind of wondering, because right now, like, don't get me wrong, I love DeAndre Ayton, and I love his game, and I think he's going to get better, but... I think right now that the the Suns have kind of maxed out their potential with this current team, especially because I don't think that Chris Paul is going to continue to be this good for much longer, let alone maybe even this coming season. So I, where do they go from here? They don't go anywhere. I mean, they this is it. This is the last season they need to try one more time because they've been close, but after this... Right. Chris Paul is—he's—he's he's been breaking down over the years, but I feel like it's gotten even worse over the last couple of seasons in terms of his ability to actually stay healthy and on the floor. Devin Booker is not the most healthy guy on the planet, um, and the only—you know—when Aiden doesn't play, at least it's because he gets suspended for PEDs. So, you know, um, yeah, they got to run it back, but I mean, shit—they—they. They, a lot of the guys on their team are either really young or really old, a.k.a. Jay Crowder and and Chris Paul, and they better be, you know, looking at guys like like uh, Shabbat and, and Campaign and, and guys like that and bringing back a guy like Biombo was good. But, right. Um, so, yeah, they – it, it, really, it all starts so they have to pair, repair the relationship with DeAndre Ayton because after literally like trashing him indirectly, now you're saying, yeah. ah, we're just fucking kidding. Come on back. We like yeah. you. For the longest time, they kept saying they weren't signing him and they weren't giving him a max and they weren't doing this and they weren't doing that. Like Right. Instead of, it's, it, it, instead of saying all the good things that he's done, ah, well, you know. he's But now, you know, now all of a sudden the, the, the Pacers are like, you know what I mean? And doing the <laughs> wink. Hey, come yeah. here, honey. Come on. Get, you know, get over here. See you <laughs> fucking sexy thing. And then all of a sudden the the the, the, the sons are coming back with flowers. Of, hey, baby, we're so sorry. We didn't mean it. You know? Exactly. Come back. <laughs> oh, you're so pretty, DeAndre. Get get back here. <laughs> That's exactly no, it, what it's like. Tell it me. is. It's, it's true. Uh, it's 100% true. And And the thing is, like you said, I mean, yeah, you got to run it back with this team because, yes, you got to the finals the one time. Then this year, you know, you had some unfortunate injuries and didn't make it back to the finals uh, this past year. But, yeah, I don't know. I, I like a lot of the pieces of the team. Like, I, I, I really like Booker and Bridges. I like Aiton and I like Cam. There's a lot of people to this team that I like, even Campaign. Like, I like these guys on the team, but I just think that there's got to be one more. Maybe Aiton turns into that, but there's got to be one more star to superstar type of player. And I just, as much as I always respected Chris Paul, I just don't think it's going to be him. It just well, it, the, it has to be someone else. If the Suns were better at tampering like the Clippers were, they could have got John Wall for a cheap price. <laughs> so, very true. But yeah, they better. Uh, Aiden's probably strutting his stuff right now in in Phoenix. You know, he's oh, probably yeah. got booty shorts on, his ass is hanging <laughs> out. He's 
chick. You know what I mean? He's like, you know, like when the 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 the, the wife isn't getting any attention at home from, and she's like, I try to do all this good things around the house, and then they go out, and all of a sudden they get into an emotional relationship with somebody, and that was yeah. the Pacers. <laughs> but they pay attention to me. They they made me feel things that I haven't felt in a long time. And the sons are like, "Sorry, baby, we're gonna we'll change, honey." We love and in you the so end, much. they never change, <laughs> right? And then they, and then they come back, and then the the year you know a year later, all of a sudden they're like, "Ah, never mind." Exactly. <laughs> they're like, "Ah, oh, we're training now." <laughs> yeah, get lost. <laughs> Your pot roast sucks. Get lost. <laughs> oh, God. So, to wrap things up, the play-in tournament will be sticking around for the foreseeable future. Um, It looks like... So, the first two or three seasons, it was set to a vote like at the end of each season to see if it would be extended each, each year. And they finally took it to a vote and said, like, it's going to stay around. I, for one, love the idea. I know we've talked about it before, but I, I mean, I, I think the competition for the play-in tournament is great. I think it adds a whole new level of, like, excitement and everything like that. And it really just, I think it, it definitely persuades teams to just, like, you know what, fuck it, go for it. We're going we're gonna to see what we can do. We're going to try and make a playoff run. Or it makes teams like really fight for those top six seeds so that they don't have to be in that position where they could have one bad game and be eliminated from the playoffs. So I love it. Well, the playoff tournament too is like like the chick walking by the construction workers. They're like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> I can't stop using these references. But, but that's what it's like because <laughs> the NBA is like, holy fuck, we're making a ton of money. The ratings are great. We got to keep this thing around. The players, some of the players probably absolutely loathe it, but the teams that like normally wouldn't have a shot at making the playoffs are like, yeah, okay, I'm down. <laughs> Plus, the NBA gets more more games on TV, and one thing the NBA is hurting for is a little cash right now. I mean, they're not hurting, but they're they've lost money, so they're like, fuck it. it I, I would even go on to say that they're going to probably expand this fucking thing in the next couple of years. I wouldn't be surprised either. I wouldn't be surprised if they all of a sudden make it like... I mean, I hope they just keep it one game instead of like best of or anything like that because I think the one game adds more excitement to it. But um, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if they if they expanded it, if they made it, you know, to go to more seeds or whatever it may be. But, but um, I love the format. I love how, you know... You got the two teams, they play, the winner plays, and they, they make it. And then the other two teams, the one team that loses, it bounces, and then the other one plays the loser. At like, it's such a fucking mess, but I love it. Right, right. I do too. I think it. I think it should stay. I'm glad it's staying, and um, I think it's going to be fun for for years to come. It's cooler too than like wild card. Agreed. Like you know how like baseball's like we have 19 wild card spots up for grabs now. It's like, okay, so basically we're in the regular season still. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's... And, like, even with the NFL, it's like they added another wild card team and everything. And it's like, I mean, that's great, but I kind of like the competition to get into that spot in general. Right. Like, that's the thing that's entertaining. And especially because it could be a young team that's, like, really trying to compete for the first time. Right. So, like, that makes it even better. No, I like it. I hated it when it first started, but now I love it. Right. So, I think that's it for us, unless you got anything else to get off your chest. No, I'm hungry. I'm ready to get I hear that. Fucking starving. <laughs> I hear that 1,000%. <laughs> what are you going to tonight? Uh, I'm not sure. Talked about getting some Wawa, but I just realized that I never hit send on my text to Deanna to tell her what I wanted. Should bring her so, up here. We'll have you guys talk about it uh, on air. I want to. I want to see how a discussion actually works 
I want to see how other couples solve their their uh, dining issues outside of <laughs> mine because maybe I can learn something because I haven't fucking figured it out because every time it turns into an argument. What, like where you're going to eat? What do we want for dinner? Oh, okay. uh, and, like, and then I say, I don't care. My wife gets mad. She suggests four things, and then I say, nah. Well, then obviously I do care because I'm saying no to like four different things. And then my <laughs> default is always, oh, let's just order a pie. Right. <laughs> I mean, we both usually are like, eh, I don't know. And then we're usually like, all right, if you can't think of what you want, what do you not want? Right. And then we go from there. So we're like, all right, you don't want this and this. So what about this and this? And then we figure it out from there. My problem, though, is there's nothing really that I don't want. True. I mean, Especially I usually can go to... for anything. Now, like some of those options that were like, do you, do you want a Greek salad? And I'm like, no. <laughs> How about a chicken sandwich? Do you want no? But then we're like, if Wendy's in there, I'm like, okay, now we're talking. And then Chinese food, I'm always up for Chinese. I'm always up for pizza. There's a hot dog place. I'm always up for hot dogs. A good hot dog place that I I don't have any around us now, but I used to when I was uh, working in Pittsburgh. There was a good one down there, a guy who was from Chicago and made like specialized in those Chicago dogs and everything. That was some good stuff. When I uh, when I come down and see you at some point, whenever that is, I'm bringing Hoffman's down. Okay, game changer. Oh, I'm I'm down. I'm ready. And I'm not bullshitting. It's the best hot dog on the planet. Oh, I don't doubt that one bit. I'm I'm definitely down for that. And we have a comment here from Cherry Marchetti. She says her husband wants to be Cherie. a guest on our podcast. Cherie? Yeah, the the lovely Cherie. Ah, okay. Beautiful woman. I love I love she's just amazing. I love love that woman. Um yeah, I'll bring him on. He's always yeah. he's more than welcome. Definitely. Uh, any week. We're, we're here every week, so for sure. I mean, Dennis, I know since you know her, I'll, we'll definitely get that set up. Yeah, she's one of my favorite people of all time. Okay. Awesome. Um, but I think that's it for us. Thank you, everybody, for watching and listening to another episode of The Atlantic Files, the number one podcast on the number one division in the NBA, brought to you by the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. And we will catch you guys next week. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure you subscribe. Hit the bell for notifications. We go live any day of the week, usually Tuesdays and Wednesdays, though. So just hit the bell. Then you'll know. Um, and she says she loves you, too, Dennis. That's right. Right back at you, honey. <laughs> um, and if you're watching There's on There's a reason Twitch, they call me Big Sexy. What can I that's say? That's true. That's very true. If you're watching on Twitch, make sure you subscribe, follow on there. You'll see whenever we go live on there as well. Everywhere else you get your podcast, Spotify, Apple, Google, everywhere. Subscribe, rate, review. It helps us all out. Thank you, everybody, and we'll catch you guys next week. Peace.